0: Today's episode of Nerd Cognito is brought to you by Vital Sleep. Reclaim a good night's sleep. Stop snoring and get restful, quiet sleep without uncomfortable, bizarre contraptions. It is a personalized anti snoring device that has helped hundreds of thousands of snorers. The person sleeping next to you will thank you, and if you're lucky, they'll really thank you. Satisfaction is guaranteed. It's got a twenty-four-month warranty. So you've got nothing to lose. Go to nerdcognito.com, click on the sponsors page, and check out if Vital Sleep is right for you. You can thank us later. Now, on with the show. What do we what do we say we're gonna do in the second half?
1: Um don't think we did. Um, We're going to do the news, and then after the news, we were going to...
0: We've got the news coming up.
1: Yeah. I mean, we could talk about holiday traditions. That's no fun. No?
0: What's my holiday tradition?
1: I don't know. Mine is drinking an entire bottle of whiskey with my uncle. That's a fun story.
0: And surviving, to tell the tale.
1: Absolutely. Not even hungover.
0: My holiday tradition, I mean... My parents are 1,500 miles away, thank goodness. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't. We have waffles every Christmas morning. Ah, yes, Mary, Mary, we are back once again for another week. You are listening to Nerd Cognito. I am Ryan David because I am not trekking around the East Coast like a dipshit that I know named Just Mike. But I am joined by Bert. Hey, Bert, thanks for sitting in for Mike this week.
1: Oh, no problem.
0: Bert uh, is one of the folks that has gamed with us for more years than I can count, and I've known him for more decades than I want to admit. Um, We're very, very glad to have you uh, sitting in for Mike, and you know... Uh, you know, Mike is not you know he's not irreplaceable I'm ju- I'm just saying he nothing nothing is off the board.
1: So what you're saying is put in my application now.
0: yeah put in your application now. Uh, how was your week Bert?
1: That's been pretty good you know the holidays you know short week, so that's always a good thing.
0: Anything super exciting? um I know you you did bring one of your uh holiday gifts with you pandemic reign of Cthulhu.
1: Yes, that was a gift from my wife.
0: Very, very cool. And you brought me a gift, which is uh, Mezzo. Very, very cool uh, area control game. I Thank you very much.
1: No problem. Can't wait to break it out and try it out.
0: Yeah, we will break it out, and we will definitely do a review. And, uh, hey, we'll pop you in for a three-man team, since it was your holiday gift for me. And uh, maybe I'm trying to think, man, with, with Christmas and Hanukkah and the New Year... Things are, things are looking like at least second week of January before the gaming group can start rolling up again.
1: That's what it's looking like. I mean, it's been kind of crazy for everybody. I know Doug's been out of town. Doug, now Just Mike is far away.
0: Just Mike is, is far away, and, you know, he doesn't know about things like internet on the road or a laptop, apparently. But Bert is here in studio, which is why he doesn't sound like a steaming pile of shit like Mike usually does. So uh, we're glad to have him. Uh, Interesting week. uh, Very quiet week. The nerds are not rattling their sabers this week. Okay. Um, Well, they're rattling their sabers at us from last week's episode, but none of that angst is, is guided towards you. In fact... A lot of it was guided towards me. I I heard that I was a terrible person from not being inclusive all the way through not tipping my DoorDash delivery driver. So if it could be said, it was.
1: So you're the Internet's biggest asshole this week?
0: This week? (laughs) (laughs) Internet's biggest asshole. I'm so glad I invited you to come along, Bert. Bert has always... Skewed towards very interesting characters at the role-playing table, so while we have him here, we're going to pick his brain and have him take a trip down memory lane and talk about some of his more memorable characters, and I will, of course, interject with some of my more memorable characters, and I will as always, always, always remind Bert that whatever DM let something happen was completely wrong and should be shown the door. So we're going to talk about holiday traditions. Um, We have an odd holiday tradition. We eat waffles every Christmas morning. I didn't realize that it was a holiday tradition. Apparently it's a holiday tradition, and we talked about it when we moved into this joint. We had a a great, great waffle breakfast with our Jewish neighbor on Christmas morning.
1: There's nothing wrong with that.
0: Not at all. Not at all. As half a Jew myself, I'm very pleased that, that she came over. We had some delightfully non-kosher bacon and and waffles and went away with it. It looks like we're talking about holiday traditions right now.
1: (laughs) So it would seem. So So, it would seem. As as half a Jew, like, how does that work?
0: Well, uh...
1: Which half? Is it the left or the right?
0: Depends on the temperature. (laughs) Well, yeah, I was born a good, upstanding Catholic boy, can't you tell? And the Catholic version of God, I don't want to get into this, but the Catholic version of God just wasn't for me. And, uh, so I had nothing for a very long, long time. And then, post-divorce, I met a rabbi that just talked to me, much like we're talking now, and, uh... He said, you know, I've got the selling point for you. If you let me convert you, you can't go to hell because we don't believe in hell.
1: (laughs) So it was kind of like Jewish by self-defense.
0: You know, hedging a bet. But, you know, just talking to him, it it sort of worked out. And I did three quarters of the conversion and uh, decided that nothing with a pinch of Jew is good enough for me. Okay, so that's that's where that is. I was scared to death because you know, Dad is Mister Catholic, and uh,
1: oh yeah, right.
0: I told him, and he actually had a very level response for Dopey Dave. I was expecting Dopey Dave to to go crazy, but Dopey Dave's response, well, well Ra, At least you got something. <laughs> that's that's what it was, and I I was thankful for that because I didn't know. What Dave was was going to going to come up with. Um, so your holiday tradition, I know. Bert is sometimes ham Santa.
1: Oh yes, and yes. and
0: he was not ham Santa this year. Did not make your own hams, eh?
1: No, I uh, I had considered it. I've been looking into some different ham recipes. I did brine and cure my own hams one year and pass them out for Christmas. I made, you know, four. Full-size Christmas hams, brine them in the old style, and uh, smoked them myself, took them around. Everybody loved them. It's just a lot of work, and with everything going on this year, I just didn't have a chance to do it.
0: Now, this year, it seemed like it was a very pressing holiday season.
1: Right, I mean, the weather never seemed to get cold. Like everything just kind of showed up. Like suddenly it was Christmas.
0: Right. Hey, it wasn't. It wasn't a bad holiday. At least for us, it wasn't a bad holiday season. But it was a very pressing holiday season. Best gift. Best nerdy gift that the boss got you. Uh,
1: probably Reign of Cthulhu. Reign of Cthulhu. Yeah, that was probably my best nerdy gift.
0: Yeah my uh my better half got me the uh, Ramp It Up uh pinball game. Which, oh nice! Which I've been looking forward to. Um, Mysterium Park. I picked up. We talked about it last week. I picked up Otis. I, we should have busted that out so you could have seen these components. They are awesome. Excellent. I'm super super geeked for it. And I did promise Mike that I would I would hold on to him. I know Mike texted me on Christmas Day because you know he's my hetero life partner. Um, and he got uh, the new hero quest. Okay. Well, the new old hero quest, right? There's nothing new about hero True. quest. True, hero
1: quest is ancient.
0: But he was he was very excited. And um if if I remember correctly, his girl should be, you know, putting her knee pads on right about now. So there's part 2 of his Christmas gift. <laughs> so yeah, any any other nerdy holiday traditions
1: for you? Um Well, we've got a, we've got a few that aren't so nerdy. Uh, every year I buy my uncle a bottle of, you know, decent whiskey for Christmas. And every year we decide to drink it before I leave his house.
0: The entire bottle.
1: The entire bottle.
0: Yeah. Crazy.
1: You know, I dust off my fancy Christmas liver and go to town.
0: Hey, you know, (laughs) I guess it makes the time go faster with the family. Um no real nerdy traditions for us either um it's sort of a a non-gaming non-nerd day where we just hang out and put everything on pause and and actually do that evil family thing so yeah.
1: i mean the wife and i will drive around and look at the christmas lights we've gone out to uh the festival of lights a few times and drive around and check out things out there
0: the last time we <laughs> went to drive around and look at the lights um that dude ran the red light and totaled my car. So (laughs) that's not, not a great Christmas memory for me.
1: No, no. Um, you know, when you're looking at the lights, you shouldn't ignore the red ones.
0: No, no. And he, he did. And I've got the dash cam video to prove it. No super gaming news coming out of the week either, but I guess there is news to be talked about. So, uh, let's take a look. We'll, Dive right into the news. Uh, okay. PC Gamer, it has been a great year for RPGs. You ready for the poke the bear statement on this headline that they threw in? Sure. If you hate and fear the new. Mm. Hmm.
1: So they're saying that RPGs this year are repetitive for...
0: Re-releases and retro RPGs made the futuristic-sounding year 2021 feel indebted to the past. This is, again, according to PC Gamer. Um, they talk about some of the great things that have happened over the last few years. Did you play Disco Elysium? I did not. Oh, you should. It's 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 very good. But also, I thought it was um, not so much an RPG and more of a visual novel. But the controls on it felt incredibly dated, and people loved it.
1: When you say incredibly dated, is it menu-driven and, like...
0: It is very Baldur's Gate-ish.
1: Oh, okay. I know exactly what mean. And, and not
0: in a good way. Um, because <laughs> there, there are some Baldur's Gate clones that are in a good way. I, Pillars of Eternity. Okay. Those are excellent games that are the spiritual successors to things like Baldur's Gate. But... Um, This one was not in a good way. This was in a, I'm playing Wasteland 1 sort of way.
1: Oh, wow, okay.
0: But people really liked it. Um, I made it maybe 20 hours before I threw in the towel.
1: So I'm sure they're talking about all the reboots, remakes.
0: But they also proceed to shit on this list of games. And you know me. You've known me for a very long time. So when I read these titles, you'll know where I'm coming from. Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Diablo II Resurrected, Final Fantasy Pixel Remasters, Near Replicant, Legend of Mana, Geno Forge, and, as they put it, more Kingdom Hearts games on PC than any human could actually play. Not to mention the Skyrim Anniversary Edition. And, looking forward, the two that they point to in 2022, which I'm kind of excited about, Witcher 3's next gen remake.
1: Oh, that's going to be an exciting one.
0: And a Kotor remake, which is way overdue.
1: I had not heard about that. That would be that is way overdue.
0: So, so here's the thing. Much like us, old isn't bad.
1: Old is classic. Right. I mean, you take something that people are nostalgic about, you update it, you improve it, you know? Cuz how far have Sound and graphics and, you know, game mechanics come since we played the games. Look at Legend of Mana, for example. Do you remember the original Legend I of Mana?
0: I loved the original Legend of Mana on my Super Nintendo. Correct. <laughs> with with my, I, I actually had one of the first release Super Nintendos that had the concave button on top and the oh. convex button on the top, on the bottom. So I got the blisters and that was one of the games that gave me the blisters. Um, no, I, if something is good and it can be remade but not re-envisioned, I am all for it. When Diablo two was re-released, that was an instant 100-hour time suck for me. <laughs> and I don't regret it. I don't think it was bad. And I'm glad that those resources and efforts went to it. But the, the youngins... Boy, they shit on Diablo 2. Can, can you imagine someone shitting on Diablo 2?
1: Hmm. Beating Diablo 2, I think, was one of the achievements of my youth.
0: I I, i am on Hell difficulty. I think I'm in Act 4. And, of course, you know, time has gone by and and um, other games have taken precedent. But when I go back, I'm ready to go. I instantly sunk 100 hours into Diablo 2. Yeah, it, it was... It's not bad because it was remade. It's allowing a generation to see how pussified they've become because, let's face it, Duriel is a bitch.
1: <laughs> yeah, good luck.
0: I am, uh, you'll have to excuse me, I'm having a moment of joy. Bert's wife generously brought some delicious yeast-raised cinnamon rolls. So, if you hear me chewing and swallowing, you know what's going on. Jen, oh, 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 oh so good, so so very good, and uh, I'm gonna have to stake my claim to the other ones in the pan before they disappear.
1: Yes, you know you have that waffle breakfast.
0: Waffle breakfast. Our
1: Christmas breakfast is homemade cinnamon rolls.
0: Delicious. Beth does cinnamon rolls too, and um, she does very well with them. It's just a massive time sink.
1: Jen has it down to a science. she was she got up, made the dough, it sat around for a couple hours and then she made uh, made the cinnamon rolls and we were ready to go. We took a pan everywhere we went on Christmas Day.
0: Well then you were you were cinnamon roll Santa instead of ham Santa this year.
1: <laughs> Actually Jen was cinnamon roll Santa.
0: Ho 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 uh, yeah, that that's that's wrong. No Jen that that's not what I meant. <laughs> I was just hoeing like Santa Claus. Oh, she's going to kick my ass, Bert. I did not mean it to sound like that. As soon as I said it, I said, oh, my God. I know she's going to listen to the podcast, and I know she knows me, and I know she has heard the previous podcasts.
1: (laughs) Yes, yes, and uh, I'm not likely to be able to save you.
0: Jen, Jen, ho, 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 as in Santa. (sniffs) Kisses, we love you.
1: I will tell anyone who has brought down Jen's wrath upon them, May God have mercy on your soul because I cannot save you.
0: I've only seen it once or twice maybe, yeah. and it was it was pretty significant.
1: Right. I mean, I love my wife, but when she loses her temper, she nukes the site from orbit. <laughs> it is
0: Hey, you got to make sure, right?
1: Scorched earth policy.
0: This is interesting. There is a guy that makes his own pinball machines.
1: Interesting
0: there is his name is Tanner Petch. and you know uh, as someone that owns a pinball machine and in the past event more than one pinball machine i mean the last one paid the movers
1: as someone who's played hundreds of hours of pinball over my lifetime
0: but if you think about it when i own bride of Pinbot, i'm staring at her lovingly now hey baby um all of the parts, the solenoids, the bumpers, they're all just interchangeable parts. This guy actually has a wood shop, makes a play field, and designs his own pinball machines. I'm going to put a, a link to some of his works in the show notes. He's got a lot of really cool pinball machines. Some of them are microform factor, some of them are full form factor. But it's definitely a labor of love. And, Bert, you can't see this because I wasn't smart enough to move my monitor so that you can see it. (laughs) Let me see if I can do this without destroying the world.
1: Okay. Okay. I can see it.
0: Now you can see it. I'm going to throw these over onto that monitor.
1: Oh, wow. Okay.
0: Yeah, this guy... Literally, is just building pinball machines. This is something that that throws me back to m- like maybe pre-middle school, middle school, because I remember, instead of paying attention and taking notes in class, I would have a piece of graph paper, and I would design my own play field for a pinball machine. Well, this guy's actually doing it. I- I'm going to reach out to him and see if he'd like to chat with us on a future episode, because... Uh, and again, I don't want to say that it's not hard. The woodworking aspect of it is incredibly time consuming. As someone that has done a lot of woodworking as a hobbyist, I can appreciate that. But it, it is really something that everyone could do. It's plug and play parts. But uh man, this this guy put a lot of time into it.
1: Sure, the interesting thing is, you know, like you wonder about things like you know, scoring and things like that. I like. I mean, I see that it doesn't look like he's using digital digital parts. So, is he using mechanical scoring then?
0: A lot of his stuff is electromechanical. I think one of them was a solid state.
1: Excellent. So he's really building them kind of in the classic style. Then.
0: Yeah, he's he's totally building them '60s, '70s electromechanical pinball machines.
1: That's and that's amazing because those are the I hardest
0: mean, to maintain. Absolutely. And, you know, just because of where I grew up as a child, um, they're not my favorites. My favorites are probably the last generation of Bally machines before the Dot Matrix displays came in.
1: So Medieval Madness...
0: Medieval Madness is, is one generation too far.
1: One generation too far. So you're talking about Pinbot...
0: Pinbot, Bride of Pinbot, Dr. Dude... Um, Black Hole.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, I haven't played Black Hole in forever.
0: I will have to... There is a retro arcade that is out in my old stomping grounds that we visited. They have about 70 tables. Now, here's my bitch. The maintenance isn't so good on them. And in fact, you can tell that the same players are playing there often. Because on at least 15 of the tables, I noticed a soft left flipper. (laughs) <laughs> which, which could be easy. You fix it. Put a new solenoid in it. But um, definitely worth it. 20 bucks. You play for two hours.
1: Oh, you can't beat that. No. you we'll have to check that out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the little man loves it because, you know, he's five and acts like a child of the 80s.
1: Hey, I mean, that's how I got my start playing pinball. I would stand on a milk crate in my grandfather's favorite bar while he sat at the bar and had a beer. They put a milk crate in front of the pinball machine. Gave me a dollar and quarters, and I went to town.
0: Oh, I did one even better. My grandfather would would take me to to his bars, which, you know, now, child abuse. (laughs) Right, Right.
1: Back then, it was like, hey, I'm getting a soda, I'm getting beef jerky, and I can stand on this milk crate and play pinball all I want.
0: He got a shot and a beer for 75 cents. Guess where the extra quarter went?
1: Right in the pinball machine. You got
0: it. You got it. And we rolled in in the middle of the night. Like two three in the morning, my grandmother bitched him up and down, but uh I drank soda, you know, Roy Rogers and played a lot of pinball. so
1: Roy Rogers, not Shirley Temples.
0: not Shirley Temples, although I am a fan of the Shirley Temples. you fucker <laughs> <laughs> all right, we try to do a list every week here here's a list. All of the Netflix shows that were canceled in 2021. Mm. So far. So far. So as of...
1: Right, with four days to go.
0: Layla, get the hell out of here. This is like the second episode that you came and invaded.
1: Layla's like, it's my podcast now.
0: It is. And now the phone that shouldn't be ringing is ringing. Oh, that's because one of my altcoins is tanking right now
1: no no yeah
0: yeah yeah um i apologize for the real fucking professional racket we are with the cat in the background but um
1: don't you know you have to mic up the cat if mm, you want it to appear right on sound
0: she only comes down when people are down here the other time she came down michael was actually here so uh i think everybody knows cowboy bebop was canceled
1: and, you know, that's... Good riddance.
0: Um,
1: yeah. Did you watch any of it?
0: I think I made it almost eight minutes.
1: I thought that the... It was an interesting concept piece. Like, the, the transitions and things were really interesting. But, like, as a, as a whole, it just didn't hold interest. You know what I mean? Like no, they, I, uh,
0: I came off, uh, my opinion in those eight minutes, was all sizzle,
1: no steak. Fair, fair. They had they had great transitions and lots of interesting, like bright colors and interesting soundscapes. But yeah, it was, you're right. There was no meat there.
0: Dead to me. My wife watched this one. I didn't watch any of them. She. This is actually one of the shows that she watches when we record the show. Um, did, did you watch it?
1: I'm not familiar.
0: Christina Applegate, Linda Cardin. I've
1: seen previews.
0: Um, I mean, hey, Christina Applegate, before she had her chest lopped off. Double mastectomy. Oh. The cancer got her. Oh, wow. Um, the final season is in the can, though. It's going to air next year, but it is done. Uh, the Last Kingdom, the BBC medieval historical fiction drama uh, I I watched one episode of it.
1: Normally BBC series are either amazing or they're so dry you just want to, like, you know...
0: And I, I typically like the dry, like Downton Abbey. Great. Uh, Poldark. Did you watch Poldark?
1: Some of Poldark.
0: Fantastic.
1: Luther was very... I thought was very good.
0: Excellent. This one was just... um And, and it had a good run. I mean, it had five BBC seasons, right? So that's... Five times six, 30 episodes.
1: Sure. I mean, it's no Doctor Who, but it is. Uh,
0: I'm not making enemies this week. <laughs> I was unfriended again this week.
1: Unfriended for what?
0: Um, Something about the inclusive <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons thing. Okay, so everyone knows where I stand, right? The majority does not need to cater to the minority. The minority needs to adapt. Well one of my buddies, used to play with us. Um, Do you remember Matty?
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Yes. And Matty moved. Right. And um, Matty got married and handed his balls over to his very vocal, very, very reactionary wife. And all of that was forgiven. Well, Matty posted on his wall how he supports a movement to make sign language translations for the Dungeons and Dragons classes. Now, I've been playing Dungeons and Dragons for 25 years. Do you know how many deaf players I've had that ever even expressed an interest in playing at my table?
1: I played with one character and it was way back in second edition and it wound up being great because we used his sign language as Thieves Can't. If you remember Thieves Can't in yes. second edition. The finger language of rogues.
0: Well, this this article was all up in arms. It was actually a campaign to raise money to bring in sign language translation, which, hey, you, know, you do you, sure. if that's what you want. But don't shove it into the hobby as a mainstream. Let's not pretend. I quit. I quit a good hit. I've never experienced that at my table. I rolled a 20. That's, that's my deaf voice. Oh, no. No, Ryan, no. That's Oh, no. I won. Like, uh, never had.
1: I thought you were going to bring up the alignment and lore thing again.
0: Well, uh, I try not to. I mean, I could, I could open the email and we can do a whole segment just on people bashing us. But you know what the, the interesting thing was? If you throw out the, well, fuck you. Or, oh, you must be fun to play with, emails. The people that actually tried to put together a response. Mm -hmm. Some good, some bad. Sure. It was about 50-50. So, I don't want to toot my own horn, but toot fucking toot, you know. We're not a minority. Uh, I'm I'm not speaking for Bert. I'm not a minority.
1: I mean, when I grow up, you know, playing Dungeons & Dragons, you expected certain things, but... Like, how are they going to do things like, first of all, dragons were always color based on their alignment and personality, right? Red dragons were Chaotic evil, evil. And, yeah, were evil and conniving. And uh, now that
0: doesn't mean that you can't have a misanthrope red dragon that, that wants to be philanthropic.
1: True. I mean, it's not impossible, but the the question is how are players going to know what they're dealing with if. Nothing is consistent.
0: They're not thinking into the future, and this is why I dubbed it the death of Dungeons & Dragons, courtesy of Woke Wizards of the Coast. They're looking at the now. They're making a knee-jerk reaction for a very vocal minority. And even, uh, we'll call them a plurality. Let's say it is 50-50. They're making a knee-jerk reaction that A, is very very much polarizing their base which is bad from a business standpoint
1: sure you definitely want to not offend half of your fan base right
0: you 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 know we own a small business in the area right i am not going to advertise under that business banner anything political one way or the other
1: right no i mean
0: i i don't want to cut my potential income in half not to mention That this incredibly vocal minority slash plurality isn't exactly known as the group that spends the most money. Mm. That minority slash plurality is known as the group that most openly endorses piracy that does not appreciate content creation. And that's why I say not immediately, but when the next generation comes in, because whether they like it or they don't, they know when they're up against an army of orcs storming across the battlefield, that most of them are probably evil. The next generation very well might not know that. And if you don't have a background, you know.
1: True. I mean, when you're playing in a fantasy setting, the difficulty is you have to have a polarizing story to drive things forward. Your characters have to move, move the story somewhere, either good or evil. You know, you can play in a good group. You can play as an, in an evil group. You can be a good guy. You can be a bad guy. But if everything is neutral or if everything is undefined, how do you progress a story?
0: All right, well, I'm going to come in with with the, the warrior response that I get a lot. Well, then you're just a shit DM or you play at a shit DM's table if they're not creative enough to come up with that. Yeah. I've, I've, multiple times I've heard that. And it has nothing to do with being a shit DM. The good DM is making those exceptions to those rules count.
1: Sure, absolutely. I can't disagree with so you. So if
0: we were to play a World War II role-playing game, there could be a sympathetic Nazi.
1: Absolutely there could be.
0: But generally speaking, when you see the swastikas, they're not good people.
1: I mean, for every Schindler, you have a Mangala.
0: There you go. Times ten. Anyway, we're back to uh, canceled shows on Netflix. Because I said I wasn't going down the fucking woke Wizards Road today.
1: I apologize. No,
0: that's okay. The Irregulars. Did not watch it. Don't even know what the hell it
1: is. I have seen The Irregulars. It's actually the Baker Street Irregulars. The uh, Sherlock Holmes, then. Right, the group of... um, sort of semi-investigators that assisted Sherlock Holmes. Yes. Okay. So it, it's very interesting, but it has a strange supernatural element that you don't expect from the Baker Street Irregulars.
0: How, off, offhand, do you remember one season?
1: The first season I was the only one I've seen. So. Okay.
0: Well, it's gone. Okay. So no need to invest any more time in that. True. Jupiter's Legacy, uh, again, I did not watch it.
1: That one I don't know.
0: Um, it was a huge budget superhero show in excess of $200 million.
1: Oh, I did see a preview of that. Jupiter's legacy was sort of like a, uh, a passing of the torch between old superheroes and new. You got it. Right. But I don't remember it attracting my attention very much.
0: Well, it's, it's gone. Although there is a, um, there is a spinoff of the show called super crooks that is going to continue on. So I would Ah. assume that some of the effects and stuff that's already in the can is going to get recycled so that they don't blow all of that money. Okay. Grand Army. That looks like a CW show.
1: Mm, Yeah.
0: Group of students at a public high school in New York. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Cursed. Did you
1: watch Cursed? I did not watch Cursed.
0: Cursed was a retelling of Arthurian lore.
1: Oh, that was the one with Nimue?
0: Yes, it's centered on Nimue. So, um, disappointing because there was a lot of promise, I think, there. But, you know, guilty. I didn't watch it.
1: True, true. I mean, the story idea had great potential, but again, didn't get into it. I I watched The Uncanny Counter instead.
0: Bonding, which was a BDSM comedy.
1: Uh, Yes, two seasons of that, right?
0: I do not know, but yes, two seasons, canceled in July. Gonzo. Pretty hot chicken bonding. <laughs> Who is this? You don't you don't know off the top of your head. I are. do not. See Mikey would know.
1: Oh probably.
0: He'd be like, "Yeah. <laughs> right. Check out this broad." Um No, uh, yeah, hot chicken leather. Boobies, I assume. Um <laughs> country comforts. A comedy that never found an audience, Country Comfort. Didn't um, find
1: one here, No, for sure.
0: No, it, it surely didn't here. It was um, very cliche. Right. The Crew was a Kevin James comedy, and that's all I, I need about, to say about that.
1: Right. About a pit crew, I think, but...
0: Mr. Iglesias was a Gabriel Iglesias comedy, and that's all I've yeah, got to say yeah, about no. that. Uh, Dash and Lily is a tween show don't oh, know. Yeah. Hit and Run. Uh ended on a cliffhanger. That's the only thing that I remember about it. I didn't watch it. I remember that the people that did were up in arms because it apparently was an expensive show to to produce and it ended on a cliffhanger.
1: Oh, that's always good. Yeah. We get to the end of the season, tune in and find out what happens next year. Nope.
0: Dad stop embarrassing me. That's the Jamie Foxx show. Right. That got canceled because they can't continue to afford Jamie Foxx. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a shame when your star outgrows you.
0: And hashtag Black AF. Um, any show that is titled with a hashtag deserves to be canceled.
1: Mm.
0: So that is the list of Netflix hatchet jobs that we've seen.
1: Huh. Strangely enough, most of them are not Netflix shows that I've seen. Well, Funny enough.
0: Yeah, Can't imagine why. I mean, Mr. Iglesias.
1: Right, right, because I'm all about, you know, Netflix sitcoms. uh,
0: Piggybacking on the Ghostbusters talk from last week, which I still can't get those miniatures, um, Ernie Hudson has leaked that there is definitely a new Ghostbusters video game coming.
1: Oh, interesting. That
0: will be a direct sequel to not only Afterlife the movie. Did you see Afterlife yet? I have not. Um, it's a love letter to Ghostbusters. Okay. Uh, we'll talk about it next week. So if you see it between now and next week, you can always hop in and, and, and talk about it. Um, but it's going to absolutely pick up right where the video game, which really was Ghostbusters three, right? Right. Left off. And with some callbacks to afterlife. So, um, Hey, good for them. They've, they've, Let the cat out of the bag that Dan Aykroyd and Ernie Hudson are in it. Bill Murray, as expected, is probably not going to be in it. Right,
1: right. And I I also assume that Harold Ramis won't be in it either.
0: Well, not without a good necromancer. So, you know, um, I love love Ghostbusters. What can I say? I love Ghostbusters. Who doesn't love Ghostbusters?
1: Sure. Well, I mean, it is about ghosts, so maybe.
0: Ghosts love Ghostbusters.
1: Oh, no, no. I was talking about Harold Ramis. Oh, yeah. It's about ghosts, so maybe.
0: Hey, they put a lot of Harold Ramis. Um, I don't want to call them Easter eggs, but I don't have a better term for it in Afterlife.
1: References, yeah, maybe? Yeah, so,
0: so he was there without being there.
1: Okay. That's kind of awesome, actually. He was a very interesting and kind of sort of unique character for the first and second Ghostbusters film.
0: Surely was. And I didn't know how I was going to appreciate a Ghostbusters without Egon, but afterlife works for what it does. Okay. And you have to go in knowing that it's a sequel, but it's not a sequel.
1: Right. I mean, I've heard everything from uh, a passing of the torch to, you know, like a, an homage. Yes. Yes.
0: Yes. all kinds of things. Very, very much. So, um, not anything like the clusterfuck that, that ironically is our next news story. Paul Feig is upset that his version of Ghostbusters... What was it? Heed the call, uh, grab the tampon. I don't remember what what the tagline was. But the 2016 messy abortion that was that Ghostbusters uh, was excluded from the official Sony's box set that Afterlife will be put into.
1: So you mean the one with poorly written characters and a terrible story that just sort of like wandered around nowhere right? isn't being included
0: no and that ugly black broad that played Slimer gone
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean I have no problem you know with having a diverse cast or with you know inclusivity but the story and the characters were
0: right it's got to be a good story I don't I don't give a shit
1: right I mean you need relatable characters and a story that goes somewhere
0: Um, I'm thinking back in my brain right now. The best part of the movie was the first 15 minutes with the haunted house, because that actually was a, was a cohesive story.
1: I can't disagree.
0: And then it just went downhill from there.
1: I mean, the, the jokes didn't hit like there wasn't, I can't remember one memorable punchline or like quotable quote from that movie.
0: Right. There was no, where do these stairs go in that movie?
1: No. There is no Dana, only Zool.
0: And if someone asks you if you are a god, you say yes. yes. You don't own a Switch, do you?
1: I do not. I have been thinking about getting one just because some of my favorite gaming companies are releasing Switch-exclusive games.
0: Right. I've been putting it off and putting it off and putting it off because in my brain I can't justify it for four games, right? Which four? The Zeldas. Okay. Super Mario Maker. Okay. I don't know. I forgot the fourth one.
1: Uh, for me, it's uh, Shin Megami Tensei V.
0: Uh, did you play the remake that got re- released this year? <laughs> oh, you mean Nocturne? Nocturne. I bought it. That, that is First the day. best one ever.
1: Nocturne was my favorite game. Like, literally, I tried for all the endings, the secret ending, the, like, you know, the secret boss ending, the finish the dungeon, like get all, unlock all the monsters, everything. Like my, the first time I had it, I put 130 hours into Nocturne.
0: I, I, I just love trying to find the right monster combinations.
1: Right. Absolutely.
0: And that was the right
1: combination of skills and abilities to, you know, defeat every boss.
0: Right. Right. Solid, solid game. Well, retro gamers will rejoice. Especially Switch gamers, because there is a little dongle. It's called the M Classic, and um, it is essentially an external upscaler that will upscale things to 4K. Really? And the performance videos that they have released for it are amazing. I'm actually going to link the device in the show notes, because... For not a lot of bucks, you can make your Switch a 4K device. Now, it's upscaled 4K. Sure. But it also works with any, and I mean any retro input, as long as it's it's just an HDMI pass-through upscaler. So I want to get one for my arcade cabinet.
1: Oh, that would be a great idea.
0: And have it upscale all of my ROMs that are built into my arcade cabinet. To 4K, and if anything, it'll it'll anti-alias it too, so no more jaggies.
1: Yeah, that would be great. Like it should add a, a much more fluid element.
0: Yes, it, it, huge, huge difference. Um, I'll probably end up cutting this out, but I'm going to show you the the video with the with the graphics comparison. Oh wow! I'll I'll also link the video that we just watched. In, in the show notes so that you guys can check it out. It is a, a really sweet little device, and it has a built-in mode that you can switch it to do 4x3 upscaling for if you put it on an old, old console.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. So
0: you can upscale your
1: Dreamcast. Oh, I can only imagine what you that can, would look like. You
0: can upscale your GameCube and play Eternal Darkness in 1440p.
1: Sanity's Requiem.
0: Uh, best game of that generation and last but not least it's one of those stories Bert. I'm gonna get the mail from this story Okay. online gaming is the new therapist's office Mm. I'm your DM I'm not your fucking therapist and if I find a weakness that you have mentally, I'm going to exploit it, not work through it with you, that's all I am going to
1: say Oh, now, the... when they're talking about online gaming, are they talking about, like, video gaming, or are they talking like...
0: All of the above. Oh, really? All of the above. In the early weeks of the pandemic, Monet Goldman tried different strategies to cope with stress. Mm. I was exercising, I was meditating, I was doing yoga, says Goldman, a licensed marriage and family therapist in Santa Clara, California. But he didn't start to feel better until he turned to a familiar pastime, video games and Dungeons and Dragons. In the bright, immersive world of online gaming, Goldman found solace and he started to have fun and live life
1: again, you pussy! So, headshots and teabagging are soothing now? I guess so. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I don't know about... I mean, I know about game therapy. The concept of game therapy is certainly possible.
0: I'm listening. Go ahead.
1: I mean, however, I mean, it requires a therapist. Puss bag. You're not going, I mean, I can't see it. Drippy puss. Being self-service. Self-service puss.
0: (laughs) Other people's mental issues are not my problem don't bring it into my hobby you have them great i feel bad for you you're gonna off yourself like timmy i'm sorry but it's not the world's place to make accommodations for you and for you to come into an online session whether it's a video game whether it's a board game whether it's dungeons and dragons and expect the world to be your therapist. I I just don't understand where this sense of entitlement comes from.
1: I mean, I mean, you have a point, and I and
0: I am dialing it up a little bit here.
1: Sure, but I mean, look at. Have you ever played an online fighting game? Yes. How many times did you like lose your mind when somebody you know cheap killed you? Or... Absolutely,
0: cheese ganked me.
1: Right, and I mean you. So I don't see that as relaxing or stress relief. Like I used to get so frustrated. I wanted to throw the computer out the window.
0: I went through a period post the big MMO boom in the early two thousands, where I didn't do any online gaming, not because I was having mental issues, but I didn't find it enjoyable anymore. And I still limit my online gaming to online gaming with friends.
1: You have a point. I'm 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 not not into the
0: pickup groups.
1: Yeah. I, I have no MMO memberships right now or anything like that going on.
0: When I find an MMO that is worthy of my time, I solo it anyhow. I think that's fair. The only time I interact with people is to rip them off somehow.
1: (laughs) Oh, you're that guy.
0: I'm that guy. That's how I got my best armor in Asheron's Call all the way back in the day.
1: Talked some noob into dropping it?
0: Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. That dude was pissed, but I got a extra set of armor for my alt that I didn't have to go and grind forty hours for.
1: I played Dungeons and Dragons online for a while, and every time I got selected for a group, like they would like literally abandon me with like a bunch of monsters. Just like we're just gonna go ahead and get the treasure. Bye.
0: I mean, and, and that's part of the the animal, right? Sure, you're everyone is an asshole. I just think that too many people can't own it. Well, I've got the merit badge (laughs) and I wear it.
1: So biggest asshole on the internet this week and biggest asshole on MMOs.
0: No, 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 no. I I was good on the internet this week. I, I, I also got, uh, a 30 day mute in an uncensored group if you can imagine that.
1: <laughs> wow. Okay, that's uh so I mean it's not Facebook jail which you've been to so often, you know, you should be on the uh, you know, the repeat offenders list. Well,
0: that's because I pretty much just don't interact on Facebook anymore.
1: Right. I mean, you're the only person I know in in Facebook Supermax.
0: I I was there pretty consistently for the better part of 2 years. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, no, I I just, you know, when it finally broke, and I was like, what am I getting out of this? Life is really better not being attached to my phone. Pussies. And that's the news this week, Bert.
1: (laughs) That's the news. Let me ask you a question. You're a, a, well, for want of a better term, a nerd. Yeah. So what do you think about this the whole like uh, huge increase or, or huge influx of like um, like foreign fandoms. Like specify. Um well okay, so l- let me like um, so there's a show I watched called Uncanny Counter on Netflix.
0: This is a Korean show, it's a
1: Korean show, yes. And it was hyped up and it was huge and it was funny and it was you know It was well done and well subtitled and I feel I really enjoyed it. But when I, when I grew up a nerd, I would have never been exposed to, you know, Korean fandoms or Japanese fandoms, unless you were like talking about recording the satellite feed out of Tokyo off of somebody's dish or, you know, buying one of those bootleg anime tapes from the, uh, you know, the, the, uh, some flea market or auction.
0: Oh, well, I had a bunch of those from the, the flea market uh, just, well, not just down the road from you, but, you know, the big one I'm talking about. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. Uh, a couple of miles away from me. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, back in the day.
1: Sure. Absolutely.
0: Um, No, I, I think it's great. Now, I just don't have the patience. I know you've tried to f- push a few different shows, and I know that I'm missing out on some great quality content. I'm all for good content. Mm-hmm. And I don't care where that good content came from. Now, my days of subtitles and anime cons are behind me.
1: Sure. Okay.
0: Um, But I'm all for it. You know, Dark. Okay. Excellent show. Sounds like something that is right up my alley. I don't have the patience to do it. The English dubbing is
1: terrible. And I
0: won't watch it dubbed. So, who loses? I guess I lose. But, um, no, I am all for more content. And I'm all for available content so that people can find the things that they like. It's like this show. They're, uh, you know, last week we got blasted for the death of D&D segment by what I say about, you know, what is about a 50-50 split. Hey, I know that this show isn't everybody's cup of tea. We had an episode where we did 20-minute segment on Brandy Braids and Mike jerking off to her. (laughs) <laughs> it's not going to be everybody's cup of tea, but but it's out there and it's available. I'm all for content availability, especially bringing in these other fandoms. I mean, I was excited just the other day, just flipping through TV because nothing was on and I was feeling miserable and didn't want to move. And I found that uh, there's now a streaming channel that airs Iron Chef 24-7, 365. Are you kidding? No.
1: The original Iron the Chef. The original Iron Chef. Oh, that was the best. It was. The, the Japanese one.
0: Yes. Oh, that was
1: the best show. With
0: Chairman Kaga. Ah, oh,
1: I w- I watched every single episode of that. Well, like, everything that aired in the U.S. I've seen. I'll, I'll
0: give it the plug because they're not going to, you know, we're not going to ever make money from them. They're never going to really be a sponsor. Pluto TV now has an Iron Chef channel.
1: Interesting, okay.
0: And it's the original Fuji syndicated version, not the Food Network version where they did the new music, too.
1: Oh, no, yeah, no. So it's
0: the one that we watched literally at, like, 3 in the morning in 1999. Yes, I remember. So, uh, like, I was excited. Hey, that's content, that's content that's available. It's very niche content. But what's it cost Pluto? Nothing. They have the tape library. They have the bandwidth. They're putting it up. Um, just like bringing in, there's a ton of people that are really into the Korean dramas right now. Good, I'm going to point them your way because don't have time for it.
1: Oh, I'm I'm a huge fan. My favorite, like favorite zombie movie made in the last probably 10 years is Train to Busan, and it's a Korean zombie film.
0: And it is one that is good enough and has been. I guess exposed enough that it has that name value. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I have no problem whatsoever with bringing in more content, regardless of where it's coming from. But you know, that's because I'm a hate filled person and I don't want to see new things. (laughs) Oh,
1: I, I, on the other hand, want to see new everything.
0: Yes. Yes. And well, you should let's, Talk about some of your characters over the years. Okay, we've um, been playing for as long as we can remember.
1: Sure, absolutely. I mean, I've been playing D and D in some form or another since I was 12 years old.
0: Yeah, that I was gonna say. I think I was about 11 or 12 when Jeff and I first started playing. That was my buddy back in uh, in the middle grades at the academy.
1: It was. The brand new second edition d d
0: It was AD&D 2ER. Ah. Second edition revised. Um, still TSR.
1: Yes, it was still TSR at that point.
0: I remember they sold the binder, and every week you could buy, like, four or five new pages for the binder.
1: That was so great, when the Monsters Manual was a binder, and you could just buy a new selection of monsters to add to it. Yep. Like yep. in segments,
0: it was gr- and and if there was a shitty selection of of monsters for that release,
1: you, you didn't, didn't get it. it, right? You kept your binder and then that was it. You didn't You're do
0: tracking. it. You play with our group and you have another group that you play with. Oh right. yeah. Um, last two or three years, what do you think's your most unique character that you created
1: um, that
0: worked, not just like a one shot deal?
1: Okay, so uh, I would say it's either The Living Snowman from 13th Age.
0: Ah, I Frosty.
1: Schneeman. That's right. Schneeman, The uh, Living Snowman from 13th Age. Or my, uh, never make a joke with your gaming group. Like, that's the first thing that I learned. Uh, They were like, we're going to play a new adventure in space. And I was like, okay, I'm kind of thinking I want to be a seven foot tall, Drag Queen Space Pirate. And they were like, Oh, you gotta yeah, do that. You're,
0: you're committed as soon as as soon as you say something like that.
1: Right. So now I, I literally have a seven foot tall Glamazon drag queen space pirate character that we're playing in Stars Without Number.
0: Fantastic.
1: Yeah.
0: Now you were telling me about this um character before and um stats are phenomenal
1: oh yeah no, and I'm, it totally
0: fits with with the character build too
1: oh yeah absolutely I mean I, my character is the uh, best warrior out of the group and uh you know I get I get great one-liners there's the rule of cool <laughs> you know they were they were like okay it, it's got to be cool like you're gonna kill this guy what do you say like how do you do it? So I'm like, okay, so I got to come up with, like, witty one-liners. Witty innies, I shoot, one-liners. Right, before I shoot somebody. Stick it around. You know,
0: around. <laughs> you know it's, it's tough because I'm kind of pigeonholed into forever DM.
1: Uh, I've done a bit of that, too, but the, uh, you know, plus when they let you play a character, you tend to go rogue. You Me? Go, you go off the reservation.
0: I don't go off the reservation. I play my character as it should be. Right. What character went off the rails?
1: Oh, I was like, oh, well, let's start with a nice, simple. I was like, I'm going to do a one shot. Like, so I just need a simple gaming group. And you're like, okay, um, can I, can I kill everybody? Like, is that, is that a thing?
0: (laughs) I'm not a murder hobo.
1: No, you're like, can I, can I secretly want to kill everybody? Is that,
0: (laughs) I don't even, I don't even remember this character. (laughs) <laughs> really? No. What, what 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 were we playing? What was this character that I wanted to kill everybody?
1: It was funny because I tried to like get you interested in like a quest, and I remember I was like, oh, there'll be like like chance to do good things and make a little money, and you're like, yeah. yeah. Like, was I, this the
0: paranoid character? Yes. Oh, well, this, see, I was playing to my strength. I, I didn't want to kill everybody. I did the quest, but I also did some less than morally scrupulous things to achieve my ends and being paranoid, the best solution for the witnesses would be to have no witnesses.
1: (laughs) Yes, that's exactly right. You're like, um, we should kill anyone who's seen us. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Sounds reasonable. The hunt is on. Uh, I know, um, we were playing a superhero game with uh, Doug, Mike, and I when you were out. Okay. Because um, you were out for an extended period of time for work.
1: Yeah, once I started working massive overtime.
0: And um, we we started a superhero campaign using the Sentinels of the Multiverse <laughs> oh, role-playing no. okay. campaign, which just released on Kickstarter maybe six months ago.
1: And, of course, Doug bought it.
0: Doug had it because Doug... Love Sentinels.
1: Everything Sentinels, Doug has.
0: Oh, Doug has the... Have you seen the treasure chest?
1: I've seen the treasure chest. I'm surprised that Doug doesn't have, like, self-created Sentinels of the Multiverse pajamas or, like, you know, some other crazy thing. You know,
0: if Doug ever guest hosts or does a segment with us, which I don't think he will, but if he ever does, we totally have to do his portrait for the website in superhero style.
1: Oh, okay. I agree with you.
0: Yeah. No, I, I um no, I can't remember that fucking character. Oh no, no no no, I've got that character. That character was a um was really like a twelve year old kid. Okay. That was in his parents' basement originally and was a supercomputer whiz. Okay. And was able to, you know, hack and amass massive amounts of money. So what did he do? so that he could have a presence in the world, but he didn't really want to go into the world. He built this android. So he's controlling the android from his 12-year-old bedroom, and the android is a superhero out doing super things.
1: So he literally had, like, a super virtual presence.
0: Yes, yes. So um, I guess if you want to think about if the Iron Man suit was a controllable android. Okay. Okay he was running that and the world of course thinks that it's just a sentient android and really it's this asshole kid in <laughs> in his room um i think that's the most recent oddball character that i've that i've done um mike you know he was a stretch he was a uh, a underworld crime boss from new york
1: oh really that's yeah that's a stretch yeah. for Mike. i don't <laughs> I don't, I don't know why. Uh, what was the guy's name? Mike?
0: <laughs> no, um, I want to say it had some sort of Latin flair. He was like Enrique Velasquez.
1: Okay. Uh,
0: that wasn't his name, but that should be his name because it was better than the one that Mike came up with. Sorry, Mike. No, but um, Mike was the crime boss, and I was this sentient android, and we did sort of like an hour individually with Doug to set up our backstories. And it just so happened that my android was busting this rival crime syndicate <laughs> that was doing something nefarious on the docks. And Mike was there to get revenge. And that's how our characters met up. So, And that's all the further we got because then we ended up playing something different.
1: Right, but I, I mean, think we
0: only made it two or three sessions with that one. I still have the characters; they're probably behind me somewhere here.
1: So instead of you know rescue, save the innocent, or good good deeds, it was revenge.
0: Yes, Mike was out for revenge, and I don't remember what my motivation was. Whatever it was, cracking a bud. Jesse, what's up, Jesse? Um, was going back and forth with me at the NerdCognito Facebook page. And uh, I made some comment about people not having taste because things like Bud Light and Corn Nuts still exist. And of course, lo and behold, Jesse hopped on NerdCognito.com. He clicked on support the show. And he Venmo'd me three bucks so that I had to go get a Bud Light. And, true to form, here it is. I got the Bud Light, and it's going down, and it's going down hard. Fuck you, Jesse. But thank you for supporting the show. You too can support the show by going to nerdcognito.com, clicking on support the show, and hey, if you want to buy us a beer, or in Bert's case, if you enjoyed Bert's visit, buy him a whiskey. Uh... Our link for your charitable alcoholic contributions is is there via Venmo. We sincerely appreciate your efforts to get us drunk, and we, as evidenced by this swill that I am drinking right now, will honor your requests if you want us to drink something specific or try something out that you don't think we may have tried before. Nerdcognito.com, support the show, and buy us a beer. But I digress.
1: Now, have you ever gone back and played a game like a retro game? All the time. I mean, a retro tabletop role-playing game.
0: I wanted to run Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles about three years ago, if you recall.
1: I do recall.
0: And nobody wanted to do it.
1: I was interested. Well... I wanted to be a mutant,
0: but... It just didn't get off the ground.
1: It did not, but um, a little while back, we decided to go old school and roll characters
0: oh first mistake
1: so your stats were roll 4d6 drop the lowest lowest number of course so i went through and i rolled and i was doing pretty good like i had like a 15 strength and i'm like oh these numbers are looking pretty good and i was like i want to play a dwarf and then i got to charisma and i rolled a one a one a one and a two
0: Mm-hmm, so you had a Charisma score of two.
1: Well, it started at four,
0: Well, then, but then dwarves racial... get a
1: minus two Charisma.
0: Well, at least for now they do.
1: Right. So, after rolling the dice, I literally had a character with a Charisma score of two. I was like, well, just don't be a bard or a sorcerer, and I should be fine. But when your Charisma score is two, like
0: they have to carry you in a burlap sack. <laughs> <laughs> they won't let you into town. People vomit when they see you.
1: The the uh, it was funny because by the end of the campaign I still couldn't figure out if the party was my friends or not.
0: Probably not. Probably you were probably not. Yeah. a useful agent.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. We they um they got arrested in a town and the police wouldn't arrest me because they wanted to throw me out. So I had to False confess. I'm like, whatever they did, I did it too. Put me in jail with them. I know those guys. But I don't want to go in jail. I was like, I want to be in jail with them. And they were like, no, we just want to take you out into the woods and like leave you.
0: Shame on your DM for letting him, by the way.
1: What, the two charisma? Yes. Oh, come on. It wasn't like I had a two intelligence. I could still speak a language. Well,
0: it would have been more exciting if you had the two intelligence. I mean, think about that. You had to communicate as as like a toddler <laughs> yes, yes. or less than a toddler. You had to communicate as an animal.
1: Yeah. I'd have a vocabulary of like
0: zero. Yeah. Yeah. You would have <laughs> gestures and you would rub on people's legs when you were feeling good.
1: That, that, I mean, yeah, it would be, you know, cause I mean, you, you take characters that you think of as having generally low intelligence. A two isn't, doesn't even register as a really a person.
0: Well, we had, um, right before you started playing again, um, we had an orc that was captured as a prisoner from the party. Okay. And um, this was with a different, slightly paranoid character. Okay. (laughs) Realized that we were in a trap-heavy dungeon, so we had the orcish trap detector. (laughs) Go open that door. Go push that button. Go pull that lever. Eventually he died. We just, I started having the barbarian pick up the corpse and throw it at walls and doors. <laughs> Trigger that motherfucking trap. Yeah, that that was two paranoid characters that I played. I think those are the only two paranoid characters that I played. I, I like characters with flaws.
1: Is there a theme there?
0: No. There's no theme. That's just what everybody wants you to believe.
1: So you're, you're not a real-life paranoid conspiracy theorist?
0: No, I'm a real-life sociopathic conspiracy theorist.
1: Ah, it's not paranoia if the internet is out to get you.
0: Right. <laughs> Fuck you, Mark Zuckerberg. It's, it's tough. Remember when we were playing Chill? Yes. Yes. That was... Uh, that's a game that I would love to revisit. And there is a new revision that is out. Not new, like this year, or even last year new, but it's new since we played it. So it's new within the last five years. And I think Chill doesn't get enough love. Chill, Chill's a great, great game. Uh, And since I'm kind of put off of 5th edition, you know, it's still up in the air when we start this new campaign. What what do you think? You know, Mike is lobbying hard to play 5th edition. I think possibly because he's never played it before. Mm. But he's really upset that I am, like... A cunt hair away from scrapping 5th edition all the way.
1: Well, as somebody who's played every edition of D&D, except 4th, because nobody wanted to play that mess.
0: I'll defend 4th on certain merits.
1: Mm, No, it didn't have merits. It was a video game on paper.
0: Yes, very much so. You couldn't play it without a battle map. It was way too tactical, but from a Dungeon Master perspective the online implementations that they created with fourth edition which have now evolved and are present in dnd beyond but not to the extent that was there the customization was just huge i could build monsters and it was sort of like a click and drag a la carte menu okay so i didn't have to do a ton of the tedious work going back through and saying this skill this ability this feat it was just there. Oh, okay. So, as far as putting together encounters and creating things that were not just boilerplate, 4th edition did things very well from the dungeon master's perspective. Hated it because, well, you know my aversion to battle maps.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, you should be able to visualize.
0: You, it, it's absolutely theater of the mind. But I also hated the fact that combats would be two and a half hours.
1: True. Oh, you want to heal somebody? Better attack.
0: <laughs> healing is for after the battle. Um,
1: oh no, no, clerics could heal if they attacked.
0: If they attacked.
1: Yeah. I, I have to attack the enemy so I can heal my friend, or he'll die.
0: They all all of the skills weren't like that. They still no, but... had they still had some traditional healing, but a lot of it was Yes, you uh, do a standard attack, and your ally, boom. Anyway, I'm leaning back towards 13th Age, but here's my issue with 13th Age. If I were to run it again, what I'm conceptualizing in my brain for this campaign does not fit at all with the icons.
1: Okay. Now, I've played some systems recently that are like more open... But I don't know, I don't know what you're thinking of. Like, I played, have you ever played? It's uh, going to
0: be high fantasy.
1: High fantasy, okay.
0: And if you're human, you're starting in Cleveland, Ohio, present day.
1: Okay, so it's an isekai. No. No? No. <laughs> okay.
0: And if you are non-human, you're starting in whatever your non-human world is present day.
1: In Cleveland. Uh, in, in orc Cleveland. In orc. orc
0: Cleveland, Ohio. Okay. Which isn't. That much different than Cleveland,
1: Ohio. So it's high fantasy, but modern time? No. Okay.
0: <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. I, but it is starting. You could be an office worker doing your thing. And by the end of the first session, you will have a class, and it will be traditional Dungeons & Dragons high fantasy.
1: The only thing I can picture in my head is Monty Python's The Meaning of Life. When the, with the, uh, what was it called? The, the insurance adjusters, the crimson.
0: Yes, but no. I I, I, <laughs> yeah. I remember the scene. Yes. 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 No, no, not so, at all.
1: I'm an elvish water, water cooler delivery man. Like, you know.
0: Without time travel, you're going to get thrown back to high fantasy times.
1: Interesting. Interesting. Is this just your way of shitting on Cleveland? No, no. <laughs> I, I actually don't mind
0: Cleveland. I think, I think, uh. Cleveland does get a bad rap.
1: I've been playing a lot of sort of interesting games. Stars Without Number.
0: You were telling us a, a lot about that at the table, and we know about your... your
1: The Drag your, Queen Space Pirate. Right, the
0: Tranny Pirate.
1: But uh, we're also playing another one called Unnamed Armies. So this one is actually a really... Well, my character in that one is a uh, farmer, but uh, the... the, the basic is he I, a
0: three-toothed North Carolina hillbilly farmer? No, actually, oh. like... Um,
1: Basically, your goal is to become a god. Fair enough. So there are like aspects that you can take on, and the higher your percentage is, the more power you get. But if you ever get to a hundred percent, you disappear from the world because you become a god. A god, right? So like literally, the best if you want to play, keep playing as this character. Don't let them get over ninety nine percent, or they're gone. And so my there, but there are like. So you take a personality like the superstar, like so somebody who's obsessed with fame. Sure. You would actually get powers based on how famous you are. How So my character is an aspect of the tamer. So the more work I do with animals on my farm, ah. I get the ability to speak with animals, to control animals, sure. to summon swarms of animals. Like the higher you get, the better. But- there are rules. Like if I ignore an animal that's trying to get my attention, all these detrimental things happen to me because. Right. So if you're like hungry for fame and something's going to make you more famous, you're going to have to go for that. Even if you don't want to.
0: I've said this in the past. If, if ever I get to be a PC in a fantasy setting, my next character is going to be a null druid.
1: That's an interesting concept.
0: Yeah. Knolls don't get enough love.
1: They do not. They do not.
0: That's not one that I can tell any cool stories about because it hasn't happened yet.
1: Right. I mean, how many canine-based player races are there?
0: I don't know. They're not evil anymore.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, anything else uh, coming across your mind here?
1: No, not really that I can think of off the top of my head. I we've kind of just sort of wandered around this conversation.
0: Well, that's how it sort of works here on Nerd Cognito. Um and if you're wandering around the internet, make sure that you wander yourself to nerdcognito.com. Click on the support the show page and check out all of the links there. Um we really really appreciate all of the folks that especially over the holiday season have used our Amazon affiliate link. Uh Great way to support the show. You don't have to spend a dime more than you were going to spend to begin with. Plus, if you are picking up some of the works from some of the authors that we've had on the show, it's a double win. They get the sale of the book, and we get a cut. Helps us pay the bills, pay for the hosting, pay for all of that stuff. So, nerdcognito.com, support the show, and uh, check out our Amazon link. You can also find our main sponsor there, which is audible.com right now you can get a free absolutely free audible.com plus subscription through our link at nerdcognito.com so if audiobooks are your thing hey everything tastes better when it's free go check it out we certainly appreciate it and it helps us continue to do the things that we do well Bert I want to thank you for stopping in um It has been a really good time. Mike, you better watch out. Bert's going to come and uh, take your spot. You know, if we ever get a chance, Bert, for, you know, kidnapping Mike and not making him go to North Carolina, we really should get all three of us in studio at once because then, you know, we'll be able to have a three-way conversation and people will actually hear Mike, although he's getting better at that.
1: (laughs) I'm game. I would come back again. This was probably one of the easiest things that I've done.
0: Well, that's what I read on the wall. I certainly am easy. And it's easy for you if you're not already subscribed. Subscribe to the Nerd Cognito podcast in the podcast delivery format of your chosen flavor. We're everywhere from Google Podcasts to Apple to Amazon. Uh, we're not on Spotify. Fuck them. They kicked us off. But... We're coming back. We do have that appeal under the...
1: Really? Spotify kicked you off? Why?
0: Uh, Spotify didn't have an issue with content. Spotify had an issue that they were getting too many requests to remove our show. So I'm right now having chats with Spotify to get back on the air. The listing is still there, but there is no content on just because of whiny puss boys.
1: Oh, well, that's sad. Everybody should be able to say what they want to say. Hey,
0: you know, we live in a cancel culture world, and I am a cancel culture girl. So, uh, you know, we're, we're eventually coming back. But for now, cancel your Spotify subscriptions until we're back on Spotify. Besides, the other podcast providers are way easier to use than Spotify. So, no dig, but that's a dig. Spotify, get your shit together. I'm Ryan David. This is Bert sitting in for Just Mike. We will see you next week on Nerd Cognito. Thanks for tuning in.
1: Well, I won't, unless Mike doesn't come back. (laughs) That can be arranged. Nerd!